This is Wandering in the Word, where you can listen in as the staff of First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota, has a casual conversation about the scripture readings for the upcoming Sunday worship service. My name is John Warner. Don't start yet. Oh. <laughs> okay, come on, camera. Focus back here. There we go. Okay. Now I'm going to start. Um, you know that my name, not yet. <laughs> I'm going to have to put all these in here. Okay, I'll do a little intro and then I'll ask you to introduce yourself. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Wandering in the Word here. Uh, we're going to be talking about scripture texts for the first Sunday in Advent, which is November 28th, 2021. And you might notice that we are not only in a new location today, um, and I don't have my normal colleagues of Melissa and Pastor Brandy here. I have a super duper special guest with me. I have John with me. John, welcome. Would you introduce yourself a little bit? My name is John Warner. I came to ministry very late after this probably my fifth career. Um, I was working as a working farmer and found that as I was aging, my body was not able to keep up anymore. And so I retired from farming, went to seminary, and I was ordained four days before my 65th birthday. Wow. So I've just recently retired. So it's been a relatively short career, but we knew that going in. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Where were you serving at? I served at Saren Lutheran. It's just south of Minot here, about 10 miles south, a very old congregation, very Norwegian. Wow. Um, very old school. Right. <laughs> we like our Norwegians at First Lutheran, for yeah. sure. Even though I'm not Norwegian, they seem to, to welcome me in nonetheless. But Norwegians well, are like that. Yeah, um, <laughs> they seem pretty great. They're in their room of grout and all those fun things that they have. But, well, thanks for joining us today for our um, Wandering in the Word. We are going to dive into our text and kind of see what we have to say. As I said, this is the beginning of Advent. And so last two weeks at First Lutheran, we've been talking about stewardship and generosity. Um, but in the church year, it was Christ the King Sunday. And so we go from Christ the King last week to Advent and kind of a season of waiting and things like that. What are some things you think of when you hear the word Advent? What are the themes that come to mind? Um, one of the most important books I've read in the last few years, and it's become my kind of Advent meditation, it's a book called All, All Nature Waits. Oh. And it's 24 short chapters on how animals adapt to the season of darkness. Um, how they make metabolic changes, how they, how they tailor their lives to go into a period of waiting for the light to come back, of waiting. And only the 25th chapter you know, brings it all together in religious context. Oh. This, this is what they're waiting for. And these are edgy stories. They're not, they're not cute sentimental bunnies and these things. Um, they're about little brutal life and death matters and how animals develop coping strategies. It's, you don't need to come up you don't need to point that too hard to figure out that these are alive, rely on a lot of human situations. These are echoing okay. a lot of human situations. But if anybody out there sees it, it's my um, All Nature Waits. All Nature Waits. It's a great book. We'll wait for those sponsorship dollars to roll in for your little <laughs> plug for that book. But <laughs> you know, I, I think that this is kind of what is, we lose track sometimes that Advent originally was a season of waiting in anticipation for the second coming of Christ. We made it a very happy holiday of, of getting cookies and Christmas cookies and things, getting ready for the first coming of Christ, a, a representation of that birth in, in a manger in, in 2,000 years ago. But the, in its original context, Advent was very much looking forward to the end of the earth. So our gospel lesson today 
points us. John, you are so good at this. You should be on here every week. That segues <laughs> great into our uh, our gospel reading for the November 28th. So we, since you're the guest, would you mind reading Luke? For I us? will. Great. Um, it comes in the Luke, the 24th or 21st chapter. And Jesus, this is very near the end of Jesus' life. Um, it's, it's very near the end of his, his ministry, looking towards the crucifixion and the resurrection. But we're starting at the 25th verse. Jesus said, there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things are, begin to take place, stand up, raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and you know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Now be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and all the worries of this life and that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap or it will come upon all who live in the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you might have the strength to escape all those things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. There ends the reading of the gospel. Thanks, John. Praise to you, O Christ. Lovely. We should. I really should have you read it every week. Just, <laughs> get uh, blown away by it. But um, yeah. So this is our first reading in Advent, kind of like what you said. I, I couldn't help but hear Jesus' parable in there, where he says, "You know, look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, and <laughs> you're talking about that the book you were just yeah. plugging there." And uh, <laughs> but like it kind of fits there. You know, Jesus said, "You'll look at the nature, and it'll yeah. it'll show you. It'll tell you what's happening." <laughs> And that's kind of interesting. So, well, what else in here kind of, as you think about Advent and read these words of Jesus, what sticks out to you? I think we get, and you know, part of this has to do with the 24-7 news cycle, but we're so so in tune with everything that's going wrong in the earth. Yeah. And um, if you look at, if you can get a, to the 30,000 mile or 30,000 foot level and start looking around, there's never been a time with less conflict on this planet. And if you have, if you're a student of history, um, this looks pretty civilized. What we're living through right now, I mean, we talk about first world problems, and I know that that's true. This cause stress, they cause anxiety, but in a greater context, we can get through this stuff. Yeah, we have the tools to get through this stuff. Um, we, we need to rise, think of them as challenges to work through, and, and it, but really go at them with the sense of excitement that this is something that we can get through, and this is how we're going to do it. Yeah, that, I mean, that sounds great. <laughs> but yeah, that's, you know, this idea of the kingdom of God is near. Yeah. Within a Lutheran tradition, we think of the kingdom of God as, as a doable thing that is it's presented to us. It's a realized eschatology, fancy words. I learned yeah. that in seminary. It's a good seminary <laughs> word there, John. Eschatology, study yeah. of the end times or yeah. the end of all things. Yep. But, you know, it's, it's a way of, um, we under, the way that we understand end times is that they're approachable for us 
and that they are a good thing. They're a time of rejoicing. There's something that we can work towards, that we can make happen, at least in a limited sense. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's interesting because I, oftentimes when I read this text and I hear Jesus' words where he says, um, you know, the surely this generate this is all going to happen before this generation passes away. And on the one hand, it feels like, well, you know, was Jesus just wrong? Or is he just saying that like pretty much every generation is going to have all of this trauma, you know, trauma and conflict and different bad things happening and stand and, you know, the promise is stand up, raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Um, yeah, kind of like you're saying, like if you can take a bigger view, which is harder, I think, in this day and age when you can know about every conflict in the world yeah. pop up on a newsflash on your phone, you know, within seconds. Um it's harder to get that bigger view, I think, but. I like your idea that every generation needs to reinterpret gospel. It needs to be, gospel needs to be interpreted for a new context. Yeah, because I mean, every year, or it seems like every generation, whatever that kind of means, but you know, every so on amount of time, you know, the stars and the earth, the distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the seas and the waves, you know, we, it, it does. I mean, I think every generation is thought, well, this is it. You know, Vietnam yeah. is the end of all things. World War II is the end of all things. World War I is the end of all things. You know, like, yeah. and understandably, that probably did feel like the end of the world was possible, yeah. you know. And, but all of these things that he mentions are natural phenomena. <clears throat> you know, things that, that have existed since the first moment of time. That is true. I like the line being confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. I don't really know what that means. Like, all of a sudden we understood it and then we don't understand the waves. Like I don't, what's confusing, but anyways, um, yeah. And so the, the words of hope, you know, your redemption, you know, raise your heads, kind of like you were saying, take on the mm -hmm. take challenge. On um, you know, we know where our redemption is coming from. It's, yeah. it's not of this world. It's, it's, and we understand God. this in a resurrection context too, where it's a done deal already. Yeah. Our, our resurrection, our redemption is, is achieved. That frees us up from having to worry about our individual problems and frees us up for a work of service, a, a life of service. Yeah, which is, yeah, that's what we're called for. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, this is good. And I think this kind of ties maybe maybe into our Old Testament reading that we have. So what, would you mind reading that for us as well? Okay. This is from Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter. So again, near the end. Um, the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. All right. Yeah, nice short one, but for Advent and Christmas time, that righteous branch of Jesse is one that we obviously picture is yeah is the savior christ the messiah i think we even sing about it in some weird verses in okomo come emmanuel <laughs> you get into those like sixth and seventh and eighth verses they yeah they all antiphons i think they're they all antiphons yeah they're a righteous we thing about this we, we think think of israel and judah as synonymous they're not they're yeah. geographically very distinct areas and they were distinct areas caused by civil war, by civil conflict. Yeah, they kind of split. They split. Mm -hmm. And yet this is productive. It's talking about a righteous branch shall appear for both of them. It will be a uniting factor. And this is the name by what we call the Lord is our righteousness. I've always been struck by the word righteousness. I was, it's kind of a weird little word, but I think it has a lot to do with relationship. You know? Yeah, uh, say more. 
Well, um, I'll put you on the spot and ask you to say more. But <laughs> well, I'm going to way off on a tangent. Okay. There's a movie that I've seen the trailer for, and I want to see. It's called I Am Your Man, and it's a German movie. It's uh-huh. a German comedy, romantic comedy, sitcom, rom com. I guess they call in English rom com. Rom com. Yeah, <laughs> I don't German. Transfer it yeah. to German. But um, um, Dan Stevens, who's the character Matthew on Downton Abbey, plays a robot. Okay. And uh, he's been assigned, or a woman has been some more or less blackmailed professionally. She's not going to get funding for her project unless she takes him into her home uh, for three weeks, just, just three weeks, and um, writes an evaluation because these new artificial intelligence creatures are so advanced and they're, they're able to alter their own al- algorithms to become thinking, really, learning yeah. beings. Um, should these creatures be allowed to have free will? Should they be allowed to marry? Should they have civil rights? Can they make a determination if they want to be turned off or erased okay. or, or resist that kind of thing and have rights in court that say, no, I don't want to be erased? And she's very resistant to the idea. She's anti-romantic. She has no time for men. She was, her occupation is in archaeology. She works in the Pergamon Museum in Berlin, which is a cool, really cool place. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the whole story is about them coming together, about them in a sense, both of them becoming more human at the same time. Huh. And, and a lot of the relationship deals with um, the little frictions that we have in our relationships of what happens if one creature is um, programmed to only do things that satisfy the other one, but there's no expectation of gratitude or there's no expectation mm. of um, accountability. Is that a real relationship? Or is, is there have to be movement on both sides? There has to be a give and take. There's, and with the realization that both of them can feel hurt in the relationship and both of them have something to offer for healing. And it's, it's a movie that I haven't seen yet. I've only watched the trailers and read the reviews. It's, it's my <laughs> conscience now. This idea that um, righteousness is relationship. Yeah, um, that is a good way of thinking of it. I think we often think of righteousness of just being like perfect or, you know, like being right about everything. Straight and narrow, stick with the rules. Um, (laughs) And I think this could also be translated more along the lines of like the Lord is our justice or our, you know, bringer of peace and um, equality. And I mean, those kind of like balance kind of idea. Um, On equity too. In equity, yeah. Equality is everybody's treated the same. Equity is everybody's needs are addressed. Yeah, that's true. And and at the same time, the reciprocal talents are are, flourish. Yeah. So that idea of like righteousness being, um, yeah, not just about like us being behaving perfectly, but about the relationship we have with God and with each other. Living a life abundantly. Abundantly in that relationship and in that. Um, in our, our psalm, which we won't read this morning, but we'll get to hear, you know, uh, we talk about the steadfast love and faithfulness, not of us, but of God's steadfast love and faithfulness for us. Um, and uh, how that kind of, that's where our righteousness is found, which is a good Lutheran idea, right? You know, we're, <laughs> we, we don't rely on our righteousness. It's, it's God's ability to bring about righteousness for us through Christ. Um, so yeah, but again, it, it going back to kind of that history part, there's a, a hope in, in those, those two divided nation being bought, brought back together. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that conflict that caused the division in the first place healed. Yeah. And that has a lot of resonance with where we are in the United States at the moment. Yeah. A great, 
a great desire for healing, but nobody wants to take the first step to bring yeah. about that healing or nobody vulnerable wants to expose right. their vulnerability to it. Yeah. Yeah, that is very true. That is very true. But so, yeah, so as we look at this then in Advent, I, I see some themes of hope, of some healing. I see themes of, um, you know, even when there's craziness going on in the world, I see some the, the idea that, you know, God is with us in the midst of those. Um, you know, our redemption is drawing near kind of words that even if Jesus' words in 33, even though heaven and earth will pass away, my words will not pass away. You know, that kind of idea of words being, you know, not only Jesus, who's the logos, but but more so, I think the promise or the covenant, the relationship there again. Yeah, good stuff. Do you have any closing thoughts for this, John? You know, I don't think so. Um, I'll share one anecdote. One of my favorite yeah. stories from the, um, the all creation waits. Yeah. No, is the very first one is a turtle. And some un undisclosed signal in the fall, a turtle rises to the surface, takes one last breath, and sinks into the mud. The bottom, he won't breathe, take another breath for six months. Wow. And um, <laughs> his body will change metabolism. He'll go into um, an anaerobic form of metabolism, and he survives that way. But the met metabolism generates lactic acid which is slowly pulling the calcium out of his carapace and his bones. And so not only is he waiting in the darkness and the cold, he's slowly dissolving into a puddle of mush. And yet at some signal in the, morning, in the spring, he rises, takes a breath, and it's an abundant life. I mean, turtles will live to be 100 years old or more. I mean, it's a strategy, a survival strategy, which has worked and it's done almost entirely on faith. This idea that I will get through this. Mm. Uh, that there is something ahead of me that is is nourishing it's it's fulfilling it's abundant life but for now i gotta sit in the mud yeah <laughs> in the dark and cold yeah um well that's great i i kept thinking you know our redemption our hope is drawing near that yeah. turtle yeah at some point that signal will come and, yeah, and then the fig leaf is turning into and it's leafing out yeah <laughs> it, which is you know this time of year is we're just getting cold and dark it's Sometimes the hardest part, because it's like it's yeah. never going to come. But we know that in the season, you know, that come April, May, definitely June, you know. Yeah, there's a tree on our farm that I walk by often. It's a lilac tree. And you look at a lilac, even at the dead of winter, you know, that bud is just about exploding. It's just, it's there. just, it's just quivering. It just looks so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'll have to look at that. Did you say lilac? Lilacs do that. Okay. I'll have to watch for that next time. But okay. Well, John, I'm so glad you could join us today for our Wandering in the Word for November 28th, 2021. And we wander all over. We have wandered all <laughs> over. You will uh, be getting some royalty checks from that book, uh, the 24, whatever, what'd you call it? The All Creation Waits. Oh, All Creation yes, Waits. It's 24 essays on nature and then the 25th one for Christmas Day. Is, that sounds uh, great. Yeah. And that other that, that show I'm going to have to go watch now, the German rom-com. So yeah. I think that's <laughs> rom-com or something in German. But anyways, well, on behalf of John and myself, uh, Pastor Ellery here at First Lutheran, we're so glad you could join us. And until next time, we 